Reach for the Skies, written and read by Sir Richard Branson. Well, when I was a young boy, we used to spend our summer holidays staying with my Aunt Claire in Norfolk. She was a close friend of Douglas Bader, the Second World War fighter ace, who had lost both his legs in a plane crash. We would often go swimming in the mill pond at the bottom of her garden. Douglas would unstrap his legs and haul himself into the water. Seizing my chance, I used to run off with these tin legs and hide them in the rushes. There are few things more thrilling for a small boy than to be chased by a decorated war hero. Even better, I knew I could not be caught, or so I thought. I was about to learn that years of combat experience are a powerful weapon against horrid little boys. Legs or no legs, victory comes to the pilot, who tumbles out of the sun upon his enemy, holding his fire until the last possible second. I ran around the corner of my aunt's mill house and stopped dead, horrified, as this great barrel of a man, growling and gnashing his teeth, bounded towards me on powerful arms. I screamed for help. From her deck chair, Aunt Claire shot me a look that, had it been directed at an aeroplane, would have seen it plummeting into the ground. Good God, Richard, would you give Douglas back his legs? If in my life I've associated ideas about ambition and achievement with dreams of flight, it is thanks to Douglas Bader, who used to take my aunt out flying, and true to form, would hurl their plane through all these daring aerobatic manoeuvres. I actually think he fancied her. With his example before me, one of the great flying aces of the Second World War, was it any wonder that I turned out the way I did, always reaching for the skies? Don't listen to anyone who tells you that you can't do this or that, he once said. That's nonsense. As far back as stories go, pioneers have reached for the skies. In the last 200 years, they have mastered the air, and today they're bringing outer space within our reach. They're inventors and toy makers, amateurs and adventurers, visionaries, dreamers, and yes, crackpots. Some have called them irresponsible, even dangerous. But I have met many of them. I've worked with them and funded them and flown with them. I admire them and trust them, and I think they and their kind are our future. Some paid the ultimate price for their efforts. In 2006, I climbed aboard an English electric lightning supersonic jet with a South African pilot, Dave Stock. We were attempting to break the world vertical speed record, rising from a standstill on the runway to an altitude of 29,000 feet in under 102 seconds. We missed the record by only two seconds, and Dave went on pushing the boundaries. In November 2009, at the Oberg Air Show in South Africa, Dave's lightning failed. Hydraulic malfunction, he announced, cool and professional to the last. I'm bailing out. A second later, he said, I have ejector seat failure. Dave died with his plane as it crashed to the ground. He was in his forties, and he had two children. Dave and others were my inspiration as I assembled this history. You will hear tales of heroic rescues, of records made and broken, of incredible feats of endurance and survival, including some of my own adventures, as well as developments in the future of air and space travel. It is a story of pioneers, and of course it includes the world-famous Montgolfiers and the Wright brothers, but I also want to describe some of the lesser-known trailblazers, people like Tony Janis, who in 1914 created the first scheduled commercial flight in the world. The birdman, Leo Valentine, who in the 1850s jumped from 9,000 feet with wooden wings attached to his shoulders. And my friend, Steve Fawcett, 
who dedicated his life to breaking records and having adventures. This is their story. It is also, in a small way, my own. It was a freezing January evening in 1997. At the Old Bush Stadium in St. Louis, Missouri, a man was about to attempt a solo circumnavigation of the world by balloon. Since we were competitors and I had not met him before, I decided to wish him luck and wave him off. When I arrived and saw the balloon, however, incredulity pushed every other thought out of my head. What madman, I wondered, would put their life at risk in this tub? This was no jet stream surfer. This was a balloon built to suffer the outrages of regular low-altitude weather. He expected to get around the world like this? In this? I got chatting with one of the ground staff and was just about to comment not too favourably on the whole enterprise when a TV crew approached. Since the cameras were running, I reined myself in a bit. You know, I said, this guy must be even madder than me.